Hey, Mysterions, I'm Shay. And this is Jen. And this is Crimes, Crimes Cryptids, Cryptids, and Controversies. get stuck right into part two. All right, let's get into Joseph Anthony Ryan Jr. In 2001, Lori married a man named Joseph Anthony Ryan Jr. You'll never forget it because we keep saying it. Exactly. By the next year, on September 24th of 2002, they had their daughter, Tylee. Tylee was described as feisty, funny, very dry humor, adding that she's so strong and sweet. That same year, in 2002, Joseph allegedly adopted Colby, Lori's older son. However, some recent court documents revealed that he was never actually adopted by Joseph, but was given Joseph's last name of Ryan. Yeah. Wow, that's intriguing. So they just lied to everybody, but they literally just changed his name, didn't adopt him. Yeah. So you could do that. If the other parent isn't involved, then you can change the kid's name and just lie to everybody. Yeah, and that's exactly what it seems like they did. Wow. According to Joseph's sister, Annie Cushing, Joseph was over the moon when Tylee was born because Tylee was his only child. The family of four, by all accounts, were all very, very happy, and at some point during their marriage, Lori went on the Wheel of Fortune TV show and gushed about how much she loved her family and basically how perfect her life was. And there she is performing again. Like Uh, She was performing when she was a teenager, when she was a cheerleader. She performs for the church. She's a performer. We should put the clip in, actually. I'm going to put the clip in of her on there here. How are you doing, Lori? Uh, Lori Ryan from Austin, Texas. A hairstylist in Austin, hey? That's right. The best. How's the hair in Austin? It's good. Good. Austin's a happening place. Probably thanks to you. Uh, (laughs) Pretty much. Talk about your family a little bit. (laughs) I have a wonderful husband, Joseph, at home, who is watching our two beautiful children, Colby, who's seven, and Tylee, who is one. Yeah. What do you guys like to do for fun? uh, We like to play all kinds of sports on our three acres. Okay. Sounds like you have a nice life there. We do. Congratulations. Nice to have you with us. Alarmingly, according to Annie, Lori, quote, told my brother that God told her she was going to be on Wheel of Fortune before she auditioned, end quote. Apparently, things weren't so perfect in the home, and the marriage only lasted about five years. Oh, we passed the three-year mark. Yeah, we made it past the three-year itch. She gave the same basic sentiment when she competed in the Mrs. Texas competition and shared how much she adored her husband and children. There's another quote that I'm going to put in from her in the Miss Texas pageant, talking about how she was a bitch on the edge about to murder everyone. It was really telling. Yeah, we'll put it here. Tell us who you are. What makes you tick? Being a good mom is very important to me, and a good wife, and a good worker, and being all those things together is not easy. So I'm basically a ticking time bomb. (laughs) Okay. On August 13th, 2004, Joe filed for divorce when Tylee was only 18 months old, which was finalized almost a year later on May 18th, 2005. Their divorce was followed by a very incredibly ugly custody battle with a horrifying allegation from Tylee that we will touch on again in a few minutes. Until then, we'll move on to her fourth husband, Charles Vallow, another key player in the case that we will spend a little bit of time discussing. I say a little bit, but it's a lot of it. It's a lot of it, guys. (laughs) And I'm gonna hand it over to Shay. All right. Give me that Charles Vallow. (laughs) You get Charles Vallow. (laughs) So, 
Nine months after her divorce was finalized, Lori married a man named Leland Charles Anthony Fallow. Anthony again? Anthony she again. She is stuck on that Anthony name. I know. She has a fixation, and it is Anthony. Apparently, Anthony is not good for her. I guess. So she married him February 24th, 2006, in Las Vegas, Nevada. They had met while Lori was working at a salon, and he was actually a client of hers, who was an older man. He was more mature than her, about 17 years older. Wow. Yeah. But you know what? They're both consenting right. adults. Whatever tickles your Maybe pickle, my guy. Maybe she needed an older guy Maybe. in her life. To rein her in. I mean, it didn't work, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had wishful thinking, okay? Right. I mean. Burst my bubble. She's in court, so your bubble was a little unwarranted. <laughs> Charles was born August 17th, 1956 in Lake Charles, Louisiana to Leland Eli Vallow and Tilda June Green Doolin. And he had one sister, Kay Woodcock, who becomes a pretty significant part in this later. Charles was a lifelong Catholic, but became a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints once he married Lori in order to match her faith and even gave up drinking in order to foster that stronger sense of um, family unity that is so valued in the LDS faith. Charles had two sons from a previous marriage named Cole and Zach Fallow, and with Lori's two children at this time, Tylee and Colby, they became a blended family of six. Tylee and Colby were still stuck in the middle of the custody battle between Lori and her ex-husband, Joseph, when Tylee and Colby made several damning accusations towards Tylee's father. Tylee was made to see a therapist for evaluations regarding the custody battle, and in 2008, when she was just five years old, Tylee told her therapist that she was being sexually abused by her father, Joseph Bryan. Naturally, the therapist passed these claims along to the family social worker who reported, quote, The therapist informed us that Tylee reported being happy about the visits with her dad and wanting those visits to continue during their last session. The therapist then reported that Tylee added something along the lines of, I am scared about overnights. When the therapist questioned her about this, she said something like, because Joe molested me and Colby, end quote. That's a lot. Because she said, she didn't just say me, she said, and Colby, which is interesting. Because usually when a child divulges that they're molested, they're scared. I'm just saying in my practice of time, I have not heard a kid say me and my brother and sister. Usually they're very focused on themselves and they're very scared about themselves. They don't want to talk about other kids yeah so it's interesting it is quote when valo came into the session towards the end the therapist reports tylee looked at her mother and said i told her end quote colby later came forward and alleged that he was also being sexually and physically abused by his stepdad he went out of his way to make a point when he would like spank me and then he just did weird things like little hits in the head like thought it was funny so there's a lot of stuff with that he was uh sexually abusive as well with you Mm -hmm. This really affected their uncle Alex, who, according to one of his old friends, Mary, or also known as Debbie, said that she witnessed Alex's obsession with the idea that Joseph was sexually abusing Tylee and Colby. Joseph Bryan was eventually cleared of the accusations, but not soon enough, because Alex tased and threatened to murder Joseph. Alex's plan was to tase Joseph, throw him in his trunk, and then go to a clearing and murder him. Alex pled guilty and was sentenced to 90 days in jail, which he served in Austin, Texas, and would later brag that he was going to kill Joseph for his sister. Okay, so somebody actually came up with a plan, tried to enact it, Mm -hmm. was very sincere in completing it, and literally got 90 days in jail, and that's the problem with our system. Yeah. 90 days? 90 days? It takes longer than 90 days to break a habit, much less a murder one. 
And not to mention, there was a lot of forethought into this, and he was already being a huge fucking weirdo toward his sister, and so it's like, okay, you have a lot that you need to unpack, sir. Maybe go to therapy while you're in your 90 stupid-ass days that do nothing in prison. Order him to some counseling or something. Yeah. There were further allegations made during the divorce proceedings by Charles's ex-wife, Cheryl Wheeler, that accused Colby and Joseph Bryan of sexually abusing Tylee and their stepbrothers. Oh. This one's um, very quote heavy, so just like, heads up, you're going to be saying quote unquote a lot. All right. Cheryl says, quote, whether it is because Colby has been a victim of sexual abuse or deviant proclivity, I cannot say. However, my sons have made several allegations of sexual abuse at the hands of their stepbrother Colby while at the Vallow house, end quote. Cheryl suggested during the court proceedings that both Lori Vallow and her son, Colby, undergo psychosexual evaluations. Cheryl wrote in the document, quote, My son Cole has stated that Colby often makes comments of a sexually graphic nature towards him. For example, when I asked the boys if there had been any inappropriate touching at the hands of Colby or anyone at the Vallow house, he responded, quote, Colby shows me his private parts, and when I ask him to stop, he won't. I'm afraid of him, end quote. There's a lot of, like, sexual deviancy in this family that I think Okay, alleged sexual deviancy in this family that I think is really interesting because it seems to be a through line of lies and sexual abuse. Well, and on top of that, he didn't just say that. He said, I'm afraid of him, which is very, very interesting, you know? Mm -hmm. Colby has left questionable telephone messages for Cole saying, quote, I miss the things we do at night, end quote. Cole has admitted to me that Colby is sexual with him and his brother, Zach, because of what Joe did to him. Further, I found a provocative photo of Colby's little sister, Tylee, at four years old to Cole's cell phone. By the way, this is still, like, the court document. Yeah. All right. It gets worse. Cheryl says that Charles is aware of the sexual abuse allegations towards Colby and said that she didn't want to allow her sons to go back to the Vallow home. In another lawsuit, Cheryl wrote, quote, On August 19th, 2008, at 8.21 p.m., I received a phone call from Charles Vallow telling me that his wife, Lori, has walked into her daughter, Tylee's room on August 18th, 2008, so the day before, Mm -hmm. at approximately 2 a.m. and found our son redacted Vallow. So they redacted it because at the time he was underage. Oh, his name. His name's redacted. Yeah, it's either... Cole or Zachary. Yeah, one of the kids. Yep. Vigorously masturbating while laying in bed with five-year-old Tylee. Ooh. Yeah. Also redacted child further said, quote, Lori is always telling lies about everyone to protect Tylee, end quote. We talked about the case filed against him with CPS and the redacted child told me Charles had said, quote, we had to report it or the police would come and take all of your kids away. End quote. Like, there's fear now. He's like, don't tell them about the abuse or they're going to yank you out of your comfy cozy asshole. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big thing. Up. I, th- I feel like that's something that's said to a lot of kids about a lot of things. Yeah. Cheryl specifically states at one point in the documents, quote, my concerns stem from my witnessing that Lori has a history of making false sexual allegations, end quote. That was interesting because of the multiple sexual abuse allegations that have a habit of following the Bello family around. There's like a lot. There's a lot Isn't of- Isn't that crazy? There's Alex, allegedly, um, with Lori. There's now Joseph with Tylee, Colby, and the two Vala boys. Well, so- and then don't forget the parents. Yeah. There was also allegations that the parents were talking about sex There's stuff around like, the kids. Yeah. Sexual trauma left, right, and center in this goddamn family. If it's if it's accurate. That's what I'm curious about. Because, like, obviously, I would never want to victim blame. I would never want to disbelieve anybody because men and women can both be sexually abused obviously but if we take i have a question for you if Hmm. you take 
Lori, out of all of these, is there somebody who is being accused that doesn't involve Lori? No, exactly. So that's very isn't that interesting? Like all the way back to childhood, she's involved in every single one of these allegations. And honestly, so I didn't put it in this section because it would have made it just so much longer. But there was basically, long story short. Cheryl was saying, Lori's the fucking problem. I feel like she's coaching the kids. Well, that's I don't what, know what's uh, true. Yeah, that's my first thought when I was telling you. Yeah. It's kind of weird that a child that young would say that. But when they do, and they also include their sibling, it's almost like they're coached. Because naturally, if you're scared and your child and you're molested, you usually don't finally divulge to someone and go, and my brother too. Well, <laughs> and then when her mom comes in saying, I told her, honey, it, what did you tell? Why would you say that? I hate to say that, but it's very I, strange yeah. when you're used to hearing things from kids all the time you just normally don't hear it that way well and in the middle of a custody battle like that like i don't doubt that something happened i just don't know to what extent you know what i mean some of this stuff it's like okay no kid's just really gonna make that up with some of the things but then other things i'm like that feels a little coached or maybe implanted well it could all be made up yeah I don't know, man. It's easy for her to get attention off of. It could be a very serious mental health thing that nobody caught way in the beginning. Oh my God, like Munchausen by proxy. She's trying to get attention from the allegations. What a disaster. This girl is not having a lot of luck, but you know what? She keeps trying. Listen, bitch, you make your own luck and she's finding all the bad luck. I mean, what are we? We just covered four husbands. Yeah. It's like her life leading up to this is either really fabricated or really tragic. Or her thoughts of what her life is she might believe but it's not reality kind of like eileen warno's status yes huh maybe she believes all this stuff in her own head yeah that is true it's really sad i mean the whole thing's just fucked up for her for her kids i don't feel bad for her because she's a demon later on in life but i feel bad for like this version of her this version of her really could have used a hug and some self-confidence boosters but now she sucks so i'm over it (laughs) So rounding out the episode around the 20 minute mark because this is a mini series and we want to keep everything straightforward and not super convoluted. All right. So next time we're going to talk about JJ joining the family, right? Yes, ma'am. All right. Sounds good. You can find us on Instagram at CX3 underscore podcast. You can find our website, CX3podcast.com. We have a Gmail, CX3podcast at gmail.com. We love talking to you and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.